Give to Barrett. Cut back over the middle of the 25 to the 20. Breaks a tackle to the 15. Stop, starts 10 5. Touchdown, Lions. Holy mackerel. Throws end zone. It is caught. What a play back there in the back of the end zone by TJ Hawkinson. You're listening to the One Pride Cast. Team reporter Danny Rogers here, and I'm joined by a very special guest, former Detroit Lions offensive lineman, TJ Lang. Season opener is right around the corner. Who else than the San Francisco 49ers to head out to Ford Field to take on the Lions? TJ, what excites you most about this week one matchup? Well, I think just getting back into football season is the most exciting part. Um, but yeah, I mean, new team, new coaching staff, new front office, uh, a lot of unknowns, you know, surrounding this team. I think anytime you get a chance to uh, make a first impression, whether it's a player or a coach, you take that serious. Um, and I'm just excited to see what the identity of this team is going to, you know, uh, you know, kind of evolve into, right? I think we all kind of know just hearing, uh, you know, Coach Campbell speak and the players speak. I mean, it's a lot about grit and toughness and attitude and, uh, you can talk all you want in the offseason, right? But I think the honeymoon period is over for a lot of those guys because, you know, the bullets are going to be flying. It's it's live football. Every game counts. Every play counts. And um, they've got a tough challenge. And I think, you know, depending on how they play this week, uh, for a young team, for a new team, if they play well, you know, that'll, that'll, that'll give them a confidence boost, um, maybe propel them into – having a nice season and, and kind of, uh, you know, out uh, exceeding a lot of expectations that have been placed upon them from outsiders like ourselves. Okay. What is the measurable for the Lions playing well? How do you measure that win or lose? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously winning is, is the biggest measurable, but you know, there's also games where uh, you play tough and maybe it comes down to the last play of the game or maybe the last series of a game um, because quite honestly, nobody's expecting them to really compete with San Fran this week. I mean, it's uh, the point spreads at eight or nine. I mean, there's nobody that I've seen uh, in the media that seems, <laughs> seems to give them a chance uh, to win this game. But if they surprise some people and they make it close and if they do can squeeze out a win uh, late in the game and, and steal one, I think that'll be um, obviously incredibly impressive. And it's going to be tough. I mean, usually when you have a new, new, uh, new staff, new scheme, new players. I mean, it, it takes you uh, sometimes, you know, multiple games to kind of get in the rhythm um, of the scheme and trying to understand exactly what it is that, you know, you're trying to accomplish at a, as a football team. But uh, if they play just tough, fast, physical football, um, like, you know, Coach Campbell preaches, I mean, they've got the guys to do it and they, and they can beat anybody any given Sunday. And I, I think the encouraging thing is that, uh, they get to open up at home. And I know from being a, a Green Bay Packer for so long, playing eight games at Ford Field, when that stadium gets rocking, I mean, it's a tough place to play. So uh, they're going to have an advantage uh, in that department, which which you always appreciate. Um, and I know the fans are going to be excited as well, obviously not being able to go to any games last year. Uh, this is the first time they get to see their new team. And there's going to be just a ton of excitement. And I can't wait. Uh, just to see what the atmosphere is going to be like at Ford Field. I think it's going to be absolutely electric. You heard them, people. Everyone show up 
get loud for Detroit Lions season opener. I mean, every player in the NFL has a season opener where maybe it's their first time going into a season as a dad or being married or, um, you know, starting or any number of things. Season openers can be big um, Mm -hmm. to, to a lot of different people for many different ways. PJ, I need to know what was your most memorable season opener from your NFL career? Uh, I think for me it was probably 2011. Um, my third year in Green Bay was my first uh, season going into a, a being named a starter at left guard. Um, I started a couple of games my first couple of years, uh, you know, just kind of spot duty, a couple injured guys, whatnot. But that was my first time actually earning the starting position. And uh, we were going against a really good <laughs> New Orleans Saints team. Um, and it was, I mean, just like you said, the nerves, right, of proving, okay, I proved through training camp that, you know, I deserve to be the starter, but now it really matters. Now it really counts. I've got to do it in games, right? I got to go out there and I can, I got to show these coaches, I got to show my teammates that I'm capable, that I'm worthy of retaining that starting spot and being a valuable player. Um, so it was, I mean, it was nerve wracking. Running out on Lambeau Field, uh, in front of, you know, 70,000 people and, and the expectations going into that season. We had just come off a Super Bowl win. Um, it was incredible. And, uh, you know, for me, it was just very memorable. I think I had a couple, you know, later in my career as well. Um, just different, right? When you're a young guy, you, you, you need to prove. And when you're a young starter, you have to prove that you can play in the league. Uh, you, have to, you can prove that you're, you have to prove that, uh, you know, you belong with with these guys. And the older you get, um, it kind of flip-flops. I mean, you have to prove that you can still do it. You know, you've been a starter for seven, eight years. You might be a nine, 10-year veteran. Um, but there's a different mindset of, okay, you know, I'm getting a little bit older, get a little bit longer in the tooth. And, you know, I got to show my teammates, I got to show these coaches that I can still play at a high level. So there's no matter, you know, if you're a young guy, old guy, I, I think those nerves really – hits you hard opening day. They always do because you just, there's pressure just to, like I said, just to prove that you still got it. And that's probably a lot of guys really relish in that role. I know I did. I loved having the pressure on me. You know, I loved, you know, being the guy that, Hey, it's third and one. We're running right behind you. I loved having that pressure. It's third and 10. We need you to pass block one-on-one with against the best D tackle in the league. Okay. Put it on me. You know, let me go prove prove I can do it. Let me hear my stripes. But um, it's it's always the most exciting weekend in football. Uh, preseason's over. Training camp's over. These games uh, matter. And you only get 16 of them. And I can tell you, every single year, you know, you get to week 12, 13, 14, and you look back and just say, wow, you know, that thing went by fast. And, you know, I wish we could have got off to a better start. I wish we could have won that game. So uh, every game matters in the NFL. I think that's what makes it so special. Okay. So how did you do in that season opener? I actually played pretty good because the Saints ran like a, a three-man rush the entire game, which was awesome. So I, I was pretty much just double teaming with the center of the left tackle on all the pass plays. I, I was extremely relieved. Usually, usually you can tell, you know, on the first third down, uh, what package they're going to be, you know, running for the game, right? So we got a bunch of three-man rushes, and and it just stayed that way for the entire game. And I was really happy <laughs> because you don't get that a whole lot being a guard, you're usually blocking the big D tackles. Nowadays, you're blocking these fast defensive ends that come in. Um, actually, ended up playing well, and uh, we won the game 
awesome. It was just, you know, incredible game. I think we had a, a goal line stop late in the game to kind of seal it. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, it was just one of those memories that, you know, being a, being a first time starter going out there playing against a good opponent on a, I think it was Sunday night football and in front of the world. Um, it was incredible. Rory's Cub Club registration is back open for the 2021 season. Get your children in the official Detroit Lions fan club for kids up to age 14. Each Cub Club registration comes with a membership kit filled with one-of-a-kind Detroit Lions items, plus exclusive events and ticket discounts. Visit DetroitLions.com slash Cub Club to sign up now. Okay, you just mentioned going into a season opener named The Starter, the Lions, first-round draft pick, Panay Swole, offensive lineman. He is going into that same exact position, uh, this time as a 20-year-old. So what have you seen from him in training camp that makes you confident he can go into this season opener and he can hang with the big dogs like Nick Boza and Eric Armstead? Yeah, well, it's because he's a worker, you know, and I know he's had, um, you know, he's had some lumps throughout the couple preseason games that he played. Uh, you know, he, he definitely week that second preseason game. I mean, going against Melvin Ingram, who's a perennial pro bowler, you know, out in Pittsburgh, um, that was valuable for him. I know he got beat a couple times. The ball was thrown, so it didn't really look too bad. But, um, you know, it, it's all part of the learning process and development. And you still have to remind yourself this is a 20-year-old kid. He's not going to be <laughs> 21 until I think week three or four, which is absolutely insane. But uh, the one thing that the coaches and his teammates rave about him is um, just how smart he is first and second of all, how hard he works. And I could tell being on the sideline, the Pittsburgh game, uh, they pulled out, you know, was, I think it, it, they rested uh, Ragnow and Decker. Uh, Jonah played, Vitae played, and, and uh, Sewell played. And when Jonah and Vitae came out, it almost looked like Sewell kind of went to the coaches and was like, uh, I, I'm not satisfied. You know, I got to get out there. I got to, I got to get some more reps. I got to get some, uh, some, some better pass sets and some better run blocks. And he stayed in for almost 20, 25 more snaps than the rest of the guys did. But that kind of tells you, um, you know, just about his attitude that, you know, he's not satisfied. And I think he's, he's been very honest about, uh, you know, it's a tough transition to the right side, especially for a young kid, but, uh, the one thing that's encouraging is that, you know, it really seemed like each week we saw him in the preseason, um, he was working hard to correct the mistakes that he made the previous week, which is exactly what you want, what you want from a young player. You don't like those guys getting frustrated. You don't want them losing confidence. Uh, you just have to keep, uh, you know, keep, keep them, you know, believing in themselves that they can do it. And I think he's that, he's a typical guy that it just, you know, if he makes a mistake, He's going to work as hard as he can to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's what coaches mentioned, uh, you know, throughout the past couple of weeks is that he's, he's had his struggles, no doubt. I mean, every rookie is going to go through uh, some, some tough patches, but uh, he's earned his starting spot and, and he's shown the coaches and his teammates uh, that he's well deserved, deserving uh, to be the starting right tackle for this team. So um, I'm excited to watch him. I'm excited to watch his growth. You know, I don't expect him, uh, to go out and, you know, be a 20-year-old rookie, all-pro type guy, you know? I mean, there, you, you know, there's going to be lumps along the way. There's going to be learning curves and, and certain 
processes and things that kind of hit you and you're going to have to step back, maybe reevaluate. But the way that his work ethic, I think, uh, is the most impressive thing. And that's why I think, um, you know, that's why I think he's going to be a really, really, really good player. I mean, he's definitely got a heck of a challenge this week going against. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Nick Bosa kind of rotate over him a little bit. D Ford, who's a backup pass rusher, like you said, Eric Armstead. I mean, the San Fran team might be one of the best front sevens that this Lions team play all year. And it's going to be an incredible test. But if you play well against those guys and you shut them out, I mean, for a young player, uh, what that can do for your confidence level is uh, is just tremendous. So that that's definitely I'm, – I'm excited to watch him play. And that front seven is coming in week one. Okay, so there, there, can, there may be curveballs here in the first game um, with a shuffling of the offensive line say left tackle Taylor Decker. Um, he was limited in practice Wednesday. He did not play um, in practice Thursday. So what does the shuffling of the offensive line, if there is any, um, if Taylor Decker or any of the other ones are unable to go, where does that leave the rookie Panay Sewell? Um, you know, I, I, I've kind of gone back and forth on it just in my mind over the past couple of days. Uh, I think, I think if if Decker's close, if he's maybe a questionable type guy, and we don't know. I mean, we'll see, you know, probably it might be a game time decision. But um, if he's going to just miss one game, I would say, you know, leave Sewell where he's at on the right side. Um, let Matt Nelson come in there at left tackle. And, and make, there's, uh, there's ways you can scheme around really good defensive ends. If you have uh, backups in, you can thump. You know, with a tight end, you can keep seven guys in the protection. You can run slide protections, get the running back over there to help, uh, you know, slide the left guard to him a little bit. So there's a lot of different ways that you can scheme um, helping a, a young left tackle, right? Uh, the thing that I'd be worried about is, you know, if Decker doesn't play, they move Sewell to uh, left tackle for this game, a, a position that <laughs> he has. A, I mean, I, he might have taken some reps there in rookie camp, but you know, he, he opted out last year, too. So he really hasn't played that position in over a year and a half. Right. Um, he's been taking all the reps at right tackle, all training camp, the preseason games. Uh, I wouldn't mess with his psyche right now at that at that development spot at right tackle. If Taylor Decker were to miss multiple games, you know, if you see and I, you know, hope to God this doesn't happen. But if you see a two to four week injury, four to six week injury. OK, now I could see. Uh, you know what, we feel like Sewell's our best option at left tackle for this time uh, being, you know, maybe that's when you make the switch. But um, because he's got, I mean, you look at the next couple games, you have to look into the future as well, right? Um, you know, Detroit goes to Green Bay after this week and they're playing against another Pro Bowl front seven with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, who's a heck of an edge rusher too. So the last thing you would want is Panay Sewell, his first live action, you know, is that left tackle, and then boom, switch right back to right tackle. I mean, hopefully by week two, you get into a little bit more rhythm, right? And a little bit more comfort level. So um, well, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, obviously it'll probably come down to a game time decision, just knowing Taylor uh, playing with him for a couple of years. I mean, he's just, he does not like to miss time. I mean, he takes that personal, he takes a lot of pride and being available for his team. Um, it, it's going to have to be something very serious, I think, to keep him out. Um, but I, I I mean, I would I would expect to probably see him out there. He's just that type of dude that, you know, he'll just fight through anything. But if he doesn't play, just, to, you know, 
kind of recap, I, I think you leave Sewell at right tackle for the week, the position that he's been practicing at for the last two months, let him start to get comfortable, um, you know, going forward and let that just development kind of um, happen naturally. Show your Lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com. For a great selection of t-shirts, hats, jerseys, and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep, visit shop.detroitlions.com, your 24-7 home for Lions gear. There's been so much leading into uh, this game one, and we've interviewed so many players, gotten to know the coaches, gotten to know the new faces, and the more I talk to the players on this team and I interview them, I keep hearing the fact that some have have said that, okay, this year, now I come in early and now I stay later after practice and they're happy to do it. And they know it's something that they need to do. So I need to know, TJ, from your perspective of being an NFL player, being obviously having played in the college ranks, what does the schedule look like? inside uh the daily life of an nfl player i mean don't you have a schedule you have to be here at a certain time leave at a certain time what does it mean when these guys are like no this year i'm coming in early and i'm staying in late what does that look like well i I think the first thing that it means is that these guys are enjoying what they do right i think there can come a time in everybody's career where um football kind of seems to feel like a job, you know, and it's just punch the clock, let's get in it, you know, seven out by four. Uh, when you have guys coming in early and, and studying, whether it's with the coaches or position groups getting together and meeting a little bit early to go over some things and staying later after practice, you know, hey, I got this rep wrong in practice, let me run through a couple of times, grab a young guy, kind of you know, go through that process. I think it really means that um, the guys just – they, they, it lets you know where the passion lies and it lets you know that they're really enjoying um, the process so far, right? Um, normal schedule, I mean, you know, probably start 7.38 in the morning and, you know, go through meetings, practice more meetings and, you know, done by, I don't know, 3.34 o'clock. But it's always great to see. And the best teams I played on, um, you know, in 2017 in Detroit with Coach Caldwell and, and a bunch of teams I played with in Green Bay, I mean, we'd be done at 3.30 and you'd see a lot of guys wouldn't leave the facility till five o'clock, <laughs> whether it's just, um, you know, hanging out with the guys in the locker room playing cards or you're staying a little bit extra, a little bit late, um, going through some film work or going through, you know, some some treatment or whatever it is. That, that was always just a good positive vibe, you know, because guys just wanted to be in the facility. It didn't seem like a job where, okay, I can't wait to get out of here, you know? And that goes a long way, not only for, um, you know, characteristics of your team, just being close and guys uh, just building that chemistry, especially for a young team like the Lions have this year. Um, But it just shows you a lot about the, the passion and the hard work and how badly, they want to make sure they cross every T, dot every I to, to, to just be fully prepared and just try to win, you know? And that's, I think that's the thing that sticks out when I hear you say that. Were you guys really playing cards in the locker room? That sounds like uh, some, some old man stuff. Yeah, the, uh, well, cards, backgammon, I don't know. You might be too young to, 
know what backgammon is, but backgammon was huge in Wisconsin. You I know, really don't know what that is. <laughs> a lot of different card games going on. No gambling. You know, I got to say no gambling. Of course. You know, of course. For the record. But, there was no wink um, that just happened. Of course. Yeah, but those those moments were just, uh, you know, when you when you get a break in the locker room and you see a couple guys playing cards and everybody else staying around watching and cheering for it. I mean, you know, just the competitiveness, competitiveness goes out and those are bonding moments, you know, those are absolute bonding moments. Just, um, you know, uh, spending time with your teammates, really getting to know each other. And, um, you know, it's definitely when you have a group of guys like that, and it sounds like the lions are working towards building that guys that want to spend time around each other. Um, it goes a long way because I've been on teams where, like I said, you know, as soon as meetings were over, I mean, you know, guys' cars were already started and they were peeling out of the parking lot, you know, and that's just definitely not a, not a good vibe to have in your locker room. So I think uh, from from what you tell me, from what the guys tell me, I mean, it, it definitely sounds like they're building a, a, a very solid culture so far, you know, and those guys know that it's going to have to, it's going to have to show up on the field, right? doesn't matter what you do uh culture wise you know identity wise you go out there on the field and you lay an egg i mean nobody's going to care but that 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 type of that type of culture can definitely take you a long way i mean you, it sounds a lot kind of like going back to the college ranks talking about being all these meetings in the nfl like it just sounds like constantly guys are in meetings coaches are in meetings if someone has to leave an interview with me it's because they have to go to a meeting how much does that remind you of honestly school in general? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, college and NFL is just, uh, it's similar in a lot of ways because you're sitting in a classroom for a long time. <laughs> um, college, obviously you have different priorities, whether it's class in the morning, practice in the afternoon, but um, you know, in the NFL, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's just, you're getting your master's degree in football, you know, you're spending, four or five, six hours a day in the meeting room. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is it can be the tough part, you know, going into meetings from eight o'clock in the morning until, you know, noon, grabbing a bite to eat, go out to practice, you know, one to three, come back, finish with, you know, an hour and a half meeting, watching the practice. I mean, there's a lot of time spent in the classroom. And, you know, that's probably, uh, that's where, honestly, where probably 80% of the learning is done. You know, because everybody's everybody's athletically gifted in the NFL. You go out to practice and you kind of just fine tune things. But the meeting room is the most important when it comes to installs and scheme. And, and it's changing week to week, depending on the opponent. I mean, that's something that you definitely have. You, you can't you can't take for granted. You can't just kind of lounge back and, and just, you know, kind of, uh, you know, fall asleep on anything. You got to be, you got to be dialed in in those meeting rooms. I mean, that's where, that's where a lot falling, of the really important stuff happens. The falling asleep thing. Like that's the first thing my mind goes to. I would probably want to take a nap sitting in the classroom for that long. I, I mean, just, it, yeah. it's, um, it can be tough. I'd say during the seasons, definitely, uh, you know, much uh, more friendly schedule when it comes to that. Training camp is always the time of year. You get like week three of training camp and you're having meetings till nine o'clock at night. I mean, <laughs> it hits you pretty hard then, uh, you know, thank God for coffee, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, but it, it, it also depends on, um, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but it also depends on 
you know, the guys around you, the guys in your position group, are you guys enjoying what you're doing? Are you having fun? Because when you have that going on, when it doesn't feel like, okay, you're just staring at the clock, can't wait to get out of there. Um, it, time just kind of flies by, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the, that's the, that's the fun part. And that's where a lot of, honestly, the off-field memories are made sitting in the, sitting in the meeting rooms and joking around with the guys and just building that camaraderie. Um, that's important, but yeah, I mean, it's, once you get in the season, it, the schedule is definitely a little bit easier. Training camp can definitely be a grind. <laughs> okay. Then I need to know what your favorite, um, memory from being in the classroom, being in those meetings, at, meetings is what, did someone fall asleep? Did you fall asleep? Do you have any, what's your, your biggest memory? Uh, you know, I never fell asleep. Um, but we used to have, yeah, we'd have guys that, you know, you kind of catch off those a little bit. And there was a fine system, you know, that in the offensive line room, you know, you'd, you'd kind of dock guys if they were doing something wrong or you catch somebody slipping. Um, honestly, it was more just the, uh, I think my favorite was, you know, we had a really close group of guys my last couple of years in Green Bay and our offensive line coach was just uh, awesome. You know, he trusted us just to get the job done. We had a lot of veterans that have been playing together for a long time. Um, you know, and, and we used to just, just like the goofy stuff, you know, just acting like kids, throwing tennis balls around on the wall and pu pulling pranks on people and, uh, you know, spiking somebody's coffee with something different. And it's just like yeah, anything to get a little laugh to kind of make the long, tedious days kind of <laughs> kind of more joyful. You know what I mean? Uh, that was always, that was always something I enjoyed was just keeping it light, you know, when it's time to work, let's work. But also remember, you know, we get to play a game for a living. Let's say we got to have fun with it too. It can't just be sitting in a meeting room and just, you know, very just tedious, this, this, this. I mean, you gotta, you gotta break it up and you gotta, you know, you gotta let the guys' personalities come out and have some fun. And, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay used to be a huge prankster. I mean, he would always get on our offensive line coach and uh, just <laughs> some of the laughs that we used to have were, uh, you know, the, 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 just the memories, you know, the, that's what, that, that's just the, part that when you're done you probably miss the most but um I would say yeah I mean I've been a part of teams where you know you, you sit in the meeting room and you're just staring at the clock because it's just you know either somebody's just get you're just getting chewed out for an hour straight or uh what it's just you know get very tedious but um the best the best teams they're the guys that know how to work when it's time to work but also you know know how to mix it up have a little bit of fun as well Man, taking it down memory lane. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I know. It's been, it feels like it's been. It feels like it's so long ago, too. I mean, I've only been retired for three seasons now, but yeah, it does <laughs> it's seem like so long that. ago. <laughs> wow, man, TJ, I appreciate you so much giving us the insight into you know the daily life of an NFL player, those jitters in the season opener, and giving us the lowdown on the Detroit Lions, who finally get to play some real football opening the season against San Francisco at 1 p.m. Sunday at Ford Field. TJ Lang will be there on the sidelines, sideline reporting for 97.1 the ticket. So we will see you there, TJ. Thanks so much. All right, no problem, Danny. Create a fun, unique, and unforgettable outing for a group of 10 or more at the next Lions home game. Visit DetroitLions.com backslash groups to purchase or contact us directly at 313-262-2222 to save on ticket prices, get priority locations, and receive a group giveaway item.
Thanks so much to TJ Lang for taking us down memory lane as we get set for week one against the 49ers. Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com writer, now joins me with his pick of the week presented by MGM Grand Detroit. Mike, who's it going to be? Well, first of all, TJ's a lot younger than I am, so he can walk down memory lane and remember most of it. Blessedly, I've erased it from most of my... <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. You know, look, I'll give you a sure bet out there if you really want one. And a sure bet is there's no such thing as a sure bet. I've, trust me, I've been on the wrong end of so many of those. But you know what? If anybody who thinks that Detroit Lions don't have a chance against the San Francisco 49ers, go to opening day of last year and the Jacksonville Jaguars are home and they're seven-point underdogs. Uh, to the Indianapolis Colts, and they win 27-20, and they never win again. They go 1-15, and they get the, the booby prize, which is the first pick in the draft. They get Trevor Lawrence. I see this as a much closer game. You know, a lot of people think that the 49ers is going to blow the Lions' doors off. Like a close game for the Detroit Lions. Too many things going against them to win, but I think it's 26-24 San Francisco. I would not be surprised if the Lions win. I love that score prediction. That's a close game, Mike. Do you feel like most people are going to agree with that? No. First of all, I've been doing picks for 40 years and nobody agrees with me. That's why they have more money than I do. Final thought. Well, they've got a lot of things going against them, really. One of them is the youth and all that. And so it's, it's a brand new team and a brand new coaching staff. But they, what they have going for them is energy. And even though they've got the loss, at least temporarily, of, of uh, Taylor Deck of the left tackle, they've got to make a decision on who they're going to shift over there and how it affects the rest of the offensive line. I think they've got the, what they've got going for them is youth and energy. I like the way they've rebuilt the front seven on defense. I think they can get to the quarterback. Uh, whoever it is plays quarterback for them for however many snaps they play. I think they can disrupt them. Now, look, the 49ers have a tremendous front of their own. But we expected an awful lot of guys who were injured last year to come back and hit the ground running in the opener. That doesn't always happen that way. Amazing insight from DetroitLions.com writer Mike O'Hara. I'm very interested to see if that score prediction comes true. All right, that's it for the Lions Pride cast. Thanks so much to everyone for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week.